for Friday, June 30th, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Trump's taunts for host yield rebukes. Court opinion lets U.S. start ban on travel, and Medicaid data adds to hurdle for health bill. In today's national headlines, ISIS reverting to roots to pose insurgent threat. Again, without a budget, Illinois teeters on the brink, and House passes strict immigration bills at Trump's urging. In this morning's business headlines, the Dow was down 167 yesterday. All clear raises fears of return to bank risks. And Fox has dealt a setback in its Sky Takeover bid. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story, Trump's taunts for host yield rebukes. Reported by Glenn Thrush and Maggie Haberman. President Trump lashed out Thursday at the appearance and intellect of Micah Brzezinski, a co-host of MSNBC's Morning Joe, drawing condemnation from his fellow Republicans and reigniting the controversy over his attitudes toward women that nearly derailed his candidacy last year. Trump's invective threatened to further erode his support from Republican women and independents, both among voters and on Capitol Hill, where he needs negotiating leverage for the stalled Senate health care bill. The president described Brzezinski as a low-IQ, crazy Micah, and claimed in a series of Twitter posts that she had been bleeding badly from a facelift during a gathering at Trump's resort in Florida around New Year's Eve. The White House did not explain what has prompted the outburst, but a spokeswoman said Brzezinski deserved a rebuke because of her show's harsh stance on Trump. The post ended five months of relative silence from the president on the volatile subject of gender, reintroducing a political vulnerability, his history of demeaning women for their age, appearance, and mental capacity. My first reaction was that this just has to stop, and I was disheartened because I'd hoped the personal ad hominem attacks had been left behind, that we were past that, said Senator Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine, who is a crucial holdout on the effort to repeal the Affordable Care Act. I don't think it directly affects the negotiation on the health care bill, but it is undignified. It's beneath a president of the United States and just so contrary to the way we expect a president to act, she said. A slew of Republicans echoed her sentiments. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who, like Collins, holds a pivotal vote, an undecided vote on the health care bill, tweeted, Stop it. The presidential platform should be used for more than bringing people down. Senator Ben Sasse, a Republican from Nebraska who opposed Trump's nomination during the presidential primaries, also implored him to stop, writing on Twitter that making such comments isn't normal and it's beneath the dignity of your office. Senator James Lankford from Oklahoma, a Republican, added, The president's tweets today don't help our political or national discourse and do not provide a positive role model for our national dialogue. Brzezinski responded by posting on Twitter a photograph of a box of Cheerios with the words made for little hands, a reference to a long-standing insult about the size of the president's hands. MSNBC said it's a sad day for America when the president spends his time bullying, lying, and spewing petty personal attacks instead of doing his job. A spokeswoman for the president, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, urged the news media to move on. 
arguing during the daily White House briefing that Trump was fighting fire with fire by attacking a longtime critic. Brzezinski had called the president a liar and suggested he was mentally ill, Sanders added. Here's the second front page story, Court Opinion Let's U.S. Start Ban on Travel. This story is written by Gardner Harris and Michael Shear. The Trump administration moved aggressively on Thursday to fulfill one of the president's most contentious campaign promises, banning entry into the United States by refugees from around the world and prohibiting most visitors from six predominantly Muslim countries. Freed by the Supreme Court to partly revive President Trump's travel ban, administration officials said the American border would be shut to those groups unless specific individuals can prove they have close family members living in the United States or are coming to attend a university or accept a job offer. Officials said those expectations would be defined narrowly. In a lengthy cable sent to embassies and consulates around the world, officials said that extended family connections would not be sufficient to evade the president's ban on entry. Parents, including in-laws, are considered close family, but grandparents are not, for instance. Step-siblings and half-siblings will be allowed, but not nieces or nephews. Critics immediately denounced the administration, accusing the White House of violating the Supreme Court's directive to exempt anyone with a bona fide family connection to the United States. Civil rights groups vowed to challenge what they said was a renewed attempt by Trump to keep Muslims out of the country. It remains clear that President Trump's purpose is to disparage and condemn Muslims, said Omar Jadwat, director of the ACLU's Immigrants' Rights Project. Officials said they were determined to meet the intent of the presidential directive within the boundaries set by the Supreme Court, which issued an interim opinion when it agreed to consider the issue in its next term.